Greetings, 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 and once again, welcome to another episode of Mafia Wife Life here in the Mafia Wife Life Studios. It is me, Mafia Wife, with another episode. Um, I have figured out what the issue was with my audio, and um, and I'm happy that I figured it out because when I was reading excerpts from my manuscript, I was recording uh, the episode, but I was taking myself out of the audio screen that I record in and I was looking at my documents and I was reading from my documents, which meant I could not see the um, input on my audio. And so if you are, if you ever, you know, record a podcast or anything that has to do with audio, when you are inputting the audio, whether that's your voice or music or whatever, you have an opportunity to see how that audio is input, how it is modulated. And it's kind of like looking at a printout of an EKG. So Um, I was not able to look at that visually as I was in another screen reading my uh, documents, but I have figured out a solution, girls and boys. The next time I want to read an excerpt, I will read off of another screen, um, my iPad, and that way I can keep an eye on the audio input and I won't have all that crackleka. Um, today I am not reading, um, an excerpt. I'm just here, um, free falling. Uh, what is today? Tuesday. This is so crazy because this time last week, the Godfather and I were in Antigua. He had chartered a boat for the day. And we were taken to an, or not to an island, but to a beach that was accessed only by boat. And we swam over to shore. And along the shore, there was these little lagoons. And in those little lagoons that were between, you know, sort of the jungle and white sand, and then the Caribbean... We just hung out midday and we were leaning back in the water and we were just talking um, about how great it was and um, how nice it was to be out in the sun and in warm water in February. And we were just, you know, as we tend to do when it's only the two of us and I get him away from, you know, the preoccupations of his, of his responsibilities with his business is, um, with his work. And he gets me away from my, you know, entanglements with my projects here. You know, when we get to that space, you know, where it's just me and him, it's such a sweet spot because we have a chance to do what we do best. And that is to dream. I am the dreamer. And he is the one that makes the dreams come true. But yet he's got a very um, imaginative mind and 
is on board for dreaming, but he doesn't like to waste time. You know, if he's going to invest in, in, um, you know, in, in dreaming, he wants to make sure that those dreams, you know, come true way back, way, way back. I probably more than 30 years ago, 35 years ago. Um, I said something to him and I guess I wanted to go somewhere, you know, cause there was nothing else going on. I was like, Oh, we can go to the mall. He's like, why would we go to the mall? And I'm like, I don't know, you know, to shop, we can go shopping. And he said, I don't go shopping. I go buying. And I thought that is so practical. Thank you for telling me that you don't like to waste time. But that person who is a much, very much a doer, um, very much from a practical perspective has found himself with a dreamer. And so we have realized that together we are like those two guys in the Reese's peanut butter cup commercial. One of us is peanut butter. The other one is chocolate. And together we create a third element, which is great in itself. And that is the Reese's peanut butter cup. Um, for better or worse, we cannot, we cannot produce what we produce. We cannot function in the ways that we function, um, to our, to our benefit, to our, you know, to our ultimate benefit. We cannot function without each other, um, because we each have a different skill set that is, very, very specific and very, very separate from the others, the other persons. So, so that was really, really nice, you know, to have that opportunity. He had asked me, I don't know, probably in December, do you want to go somewhere in February? And I said, I don't, where, where are you thinking? And he said, somewhere warm. I said, I'd love to go somewhere warm but I don't want to go somewhere warm where the water is cold. So I don't know how far south we have to go in order to get somewhere where the water is super warm. Um, so with a little bit of research, we landed on Antigua because while we like going places, we also like to go places that are also you know, comfortable. We're not going to like pitch a tent and put on mosquito repellent and call it a vacation. That's not what we're doing. So there's different criteria. We want to have good food. We want to have comfortable accommodations. We don't want to have a lot of crowds. We want to have, you know, halfway decent access to, um, you know, airport schedules, etc. So we decided on Antigua, which is you know, very close to the equator. And we said, okay, yeah, that's, that sounds good. That's good. So that's what we decided to do. And, uh, it was great. You know, neither of us had ever been to Antigua before we'd been different places in the Caribbean. Um, but Antigua happily was a, a surprise. It was mountainous, it was jungly, and it was, you know, also, you know, beautiful, beautiful beaches and, you know, and beautiful water. 
So the place we stayed at was kind of um, small, and it, I guess you could say it was kind of boutique. Um, and it just felt like we were somewhere where it was empty, but not deserted. So, you know, we had recently sold, I guess we had sold Glory or closed on Glory maybe the week before we departed. And he is in the final lap of another company that he founded with our daughter and daughter-in-law. He's in the final lap of of uh, of selling that company and which was what was the what was the objective of them initially starting that company they planned it with an exit so once that sells he'll develop this other company that they developed so we were kind of in this in between we had purchased land over on rural point and I have been heavy into the um, concepting and the designing of that property. That property is in Hanover County where we live. And my, my, my major objective was to have a place that, you know, was close, was close into amenities, what we're used to. And also with good proximity to our daughters, because I want them to be able to come over easily, just drop over like, Hey, you know, if you want to come over after a baby gets up from nap, you know, hang out, just, I just want it to be easy. I did not want to have a geographical impediment to them coming over. So the property that we found and purchased, um, was very good with location, had excellent proximity, and it was very easy for me to conceptualize and develop um, a, you know, a house and the environs um, within the context or within the topography of the, of the land that was the property that we bought. Um, the Godfather had always wanted water, you know, and I get that, but it was very difficult. It's not easy to find a property with water that is close in to the things that we wanted to be close to. So we were, you know, talking about that and said, well, how important is that on a day-to-day -day basis, blah, blah, blah. So we were going forward with that, with that property, with the caveat that the Godfather was like saying to me, why do you like it so much? You know, why, why do you like it? And, and my answer was always because of the location, because of the proximity, which he understood, you know, but I also understood that he was making concessions for me because he knew that that was important to me. Ideally, I wanted water for him and I wanted, you know, as crazy as it sounds, if I'm going to have acres, I would like to have a couple of horses because why not? You know, and I thought I've always liked horses and I've always liked elephants. I've liked big animals that I thought sort of had their own thing going 
Um, you know, so it was always kind of an outside idea that I had, but I never, you know, I never could really access such animals in the suburbs, you know, when the godfather would ask me, what do I want for my birthday? I would say, I'd love to have an elephant in my backyard, but I know it's not possible. So I thought, you know, well, not having horses is my concession. Not having water is his. Pardon, I'm thirsty. So anyway, you know, we've been talking about this, um, you know, this, this next project. We've had the land for a while. And so, you know, we've been really sort of developing it. Um, as we've gone along and you know as I say we recently sold glory so it was kind of you know picking up momentum Um, so we got back from Antigua on Friday and we had left the previous Sunday and you know whenever I am fortunate enough to be in the Godfather's company just him and me We've gone away plenty of times, um, plenty of times, you know, with our, with our family, with our children, you know, with work, things that he's got going on and, you know, a handful of times when it's just been me and him, when it's just been me and him, there is no better place to be. It is like standing in the sun. Um, and when we come back, he's such a good date when we come back, I say, oh, I'll see you in six months or I'll see you in a year because I know how divided his heart and mind is when he is, when he's here in our everyday. So I really treasure those times. And so we got back really late on Friday night. That was February 23rd. The next day, February 24th, was my mother's birthday her 87th birthday of course I'm aware of this because I know I think I know when my mother's birthday is but I wasn't sure what birthday it was and my sister told me it was her 87th now when you have a mother who turns 87 of course you're aware that you know I don't know how many more birthdays there are And you want to be mindful of the birthdays as they go along, which I always was. I was always there until I wasn't allowed to be there. And I was always there for my father's birthdays. I thought it was important, but I was also there for them when it wasn't their birthdays. I was there in everyday ways. You know, I would, I would go over as often as I could. I would help them in ways that I thought was important and um and I'm grateful for the times that I was available and able to to serve because I do believe that that's important um I had you know tons of siblings that you know didn't seem to think that that was important at that time I was aware of it I didn't like it, but I knew that I couldn't change it. Um, But I was certainly aware of it. And, you know, I would talk to the godfather about it. And, 
you know, we would both acknowledge that, well, you know, it's not what they're doing, it's what we're doing, you know, and we were there when it wasn't important. We were there when it didn't necessarily matter in the same way that we were there for, um, you know, this niece that happened to be diagnosed with a childhood cancer, leukemia, who, who died, who did not die of cancer, but died of an infection that, um, you know, that she got because of, you know, exposure to, you know, certain things. Um, cancer did not kill her, but certainly the infection did. And we were always, always there, you know, her whole damn life. We weren't there because she got cancer. We were there because we were just there, you know, and we dug her and we were able to know her in an everyday way. We weren't there to know her as a sweet so-and-so or a narrative or, you know, some sort of after the fact, you know, saint or angel, you know, that's not how we knew her. That's not how we wanted to know her in the same way. That's not how we knew my mother and father. That's not how we wanted to know them. Um, so there's people that come around for what I call the final lap theory. And you know what? Go for it. If that meet is meaningful for you, go for it. But, um, that's not how we operate. It's not how I've ever operated. Um, but you know, here we are. So as I say, we got back late Friday night, February 23rd, and the next day, Saturday, was February 24th. Now, I heard from this sister, oh, so-and-so's coming, you know, for mom's birthday. So-and-so's coming for mom's birthday, you know, is that they're making this really big sacrifice. They're coming for mom's birthday. That's great. Great. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for mom. But where were you when there were so many other birthdays, you know? And where were you when this child was just a child, you know, and people can say that doesn't matter and they can believe it and whatever. So, <clears throat> of course, I was aware, you know, that it was my mother's 87th birthday and I was not allowed to go home, even though that is not my home. It is my mother's home. My home is where I live with Zigod father and, um, and where my daughters come and my grandchildren come and my in-laws come. I mean, you know, my son-in-law, daughter-in-law, that's, that's where my home is. But I was also aware that I could not go home for my mother's 87th birthday. Now, before when this first happened, when I was exiled, um, when I was blocked, when I was, you know, threatened under court order, if I came over, when I was told that I could not come over, 
when that happened at first, I was very, very upset. And I would literally, I would cry, you know, as I would think anybody would cry. I was very heartbroken because I, I never imagined that there would ever be a scenario where I would not be allowed to go home. And I know that if my father had been alive, and my father was not perfect, far from it, nobody is perfect, this would not have happened. So, you know, I'm versed in what it feels like to not be allowed to go home. So that next day, Saturday the 24th, I knew that there was this big, you know, birthday experience, whatever. And of course, I knew what I say, I'm not allowed to go home. So the God, I think I mentioned it to the Godfather that morning. And he said, you know, do you want to be around those people? You know, you were there. You don't have to worry about it now. You were there. They weren't there. They can think what they want. They can say what they want. I was like, yeah, you're right. So that was that. And we had things, we had our lives to catch up on since we had been gone in Antigua since the previous Sunday. We had taken our cars in for service. We had to, um, you know, restock our refrigerator, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, we did all that stuff. And then our daughters were preoccupied with their lives and what they had going. And so it was just going to be me and the Godfather that evening. And so, which is kind of unusual. And so, you know, the Godfather said, I'll make a a salad, a shrimp salad and such and such. And, you know, maybe after we eat, we can watch a movie and have popcorn. I was like, Zam, I can dig that. That sounds great. I would love that. And I said, do you want to have help with salad? And he said, no, I'm good. So when this was late afternoon on Saturday, we had been home less than 24 hours and for some reason, I decided to look on Zillow for property that was available in Hanover County, which is ridiculous because I already had uh, property in Hanover County. I was not looking <clears throat> for property in Hanover County, um, but I had this impetus. I had this impetus to... <clears throat> to look for property in Hanover County. And, and for whatever reason, I think that I was looking for property in Hanover County because I had this thing hovering in the background that I cannot go home. I can't go home. <clears throat> so I must have been trying to confirm to myself that I can go home. I can go home and I will prove it even though I had no reason to prove it because I already have the home that I live in 28 years now in June. And I, I had the property that was going to be our new home that I had been, you know, conceptualizing and designing in pieces since we purchased it. Um, so that was very strange. So when I looked on Zillow, here comes this property that I could not believe was actually listed because it had never been listed, but it was on the same road that the Godfather and I had purchased this next property on. 
same exact property or same exact road. And we were calling the road Rural Point Road because that's what it was. So we were calling the project Rural Point, Rural Point, Rural Point. So the Godfather's in the kitchen. I'm over in the family room and I'm like, OMG. And the property that I saw listed was a property that was a couple of miles down from where our existing property was, but it was on the other side of the road. And it was a property that we had passed so many, many times. And every time we passed it, we were like, man, that's a cool spot. That is a nice spot. Wow, that's great. But it was it was never for sale. And we never once thought about potentially, you know, occupying that spot. We were just happy for the people that lived in that spot. Um, the spot was um, built in 1975, um, custom built by a, a family who lived there for, let's see, 75, 25, 25, probably 45, 50 years. They had three children. Uh, the, the husband you know, it was like 84, 86, he decided to sell his children did not want to, you know, occupy that property. And so the heirs, they decided to sell. And who they sold it to was a guy that grew up on West Avenue in Richmond. His father was in real estate. Um, you know, he was an architect is an architect built like, you know, a crazy house behind University of Richmond, has three grown children. Um, they got divorced and his new paramour is from Hanover and they were looking for a horse farm. They wanted to um, have a riding school. So, so he bought it about a year ago. So when I saw this listing, I was like, damn, I can't believe that. I said, you know, Godfather, this is that property we've driven by. It's got a, you know, Godfather wanted water. It's got a beautiful pond in the front, stocked, you know, with, with bass, bluegill, etc. Um, and there's pastures and stables and it aligns the Totopotomy Creek. On the other side, there is a natural spring that starts up at a crest um, and feeds down into where this pond is, which then bottoms out into the Totopotomy. There was nine acres that were available um, behind the property that were separate from the property. So the property that that was listed was 34 acres, you know, and it came with this house, which I did not want that house. It was a combination of Graceland with Elvis and, um, the show Dallas, you know, but I had no idea there were th these other features and there was these other opportunities with the property itself. So I said to the Godfather, we should go look at it. Now, we had not been home 24 hours, 
And I was also not able to go home to um, celebrate my mother's 87th birthday. I have a long habit of getting on the elliptical every morning. Um, I'm very disciplined about that. So we had gotten home the night before, like I say, Friday, it was like two o'clock in the morning, Friday night, but yet still on Saturday morning, the 24th, as I'm aware that I can't go home, I am on the treadmill and I look out, um, the French doors and I see a cardinal and, you know, this cardinal is very persistent. The cardinal is like really being deliberate about wanting me to see it. I'm like, I see you, cardinal. I see you. And it was like we aligned. That cardinal knew what was in my heart and mind. That cardinal knew what I was feeling about not being able to go home. Right? So that was Saturday morning. Saturday afternoon, I, t I said, you know, we went to do our cars, pick up our cars, go to the grocery store, blah, blah, blah. Later in the afternoon, I say the Godfather is making a delicious salad. And I decide, you know, to look on Zillow because I'm thinking about home. But I'm also thinking about, you know, the Godfather and how he makes my dreams come true. And you know, I'm always thinking about ways that I can make his dreams come true. And even though he was okay with there not being water on Rural Point, I still wanted water. Um, and then we see this property. So the next morning, you know, we, well, we say, oh, we should call Mike, who's our buddy in the neighborhood. And he's, you know, helped us with our, all of our real estate transactions up here in Richmond and his son plays baseball for VCU. So he says, I can meet you in the morning or I can meet you after five. We're like, let's meet in the morning. So we go over there in the morning, the next morning, Sunday morning, 930. And the owner of the property happens to rock up because he's been down there at the stables, um, you know, caring for his horses and we end up walking the property for like two hours. And he says, I will sell all everything or I will sell partial. You know, I have designed a house to be built up on the top of the ridge. I would like to have a riding school. Um, I'll sell everything or I'll sell partial. And we're like, okay, that's cool. But we didn't really do any mental calculations, you know. So, so anyway, then we say goodbye and, you know, I go home. The Godfather, we're making lunch, we're talking, and our girls want to come over later after their kids get up from naps. We're like, oh my gosh, let's see if we can meet over at this new property. Um, we're interested in it, you know, maybe... Maybe we can contact the guy and see if we can go over there because we'd like for you guys to see it. So that's what we ended up doing. And as it happens, he was there. His daughter was there. And, um, you know, his, his, his wife with 
her former child, her, her, her child, Brooklyn, and their new baby, they were there taking care of the horses and they said, you know, if you guys decide to make an offer, we would love to board our horses here. We would love to have the riding school here and we would be happy to teach your children and your grandchildren how to ride. And we're like, oh my gosh, that's interesting. Maybe. And so our girls and our grandson, you know, got on the horses and it was just so amazing. And we stayed there for a couple of hours and we walked around the pond. And when we were looking at the pond earlier in the day with all the grass around it and then the pasture beside it, the godfather, because he is practical, he said, you know, what's up with all this grass? Who takes care of it? And and the guy said the horses. And I knew because a friend of mine had told me if you have horses, you need two pastures. So I was like, what? They use this as a pasture around the pond? So that was so amazing to me because the godfather wanted water. I wanted horses. And here we have this Reese's thing, chocolate and peanut butter. We've got this opportunity. And, you know, we didn't say anything, but we looked at each other. And so everybody was going away to do their thing. And then it was just me and the godfather and our little grandson, Banks. And he said to me, he said, is this us or what? I said, I think so. I really do. And he was so excited. And, you know, so that was a couple of hours on late Sunday afternoon. There's, you know, a bluff in the back when we walked on the back nine. You know, it was really not walking. It was like hiking. I was like, this is so weird because my parents bought a property with woods in the back that, you know, bottomed out at the Chickahominy. And here we are walking out to a property that bottoms out at the Totopotomy. He said, yeah, I was thinking about that. I said, how interesting is that? And in those woods from that back nine over to the ridge, you know, there were sled hills. I said, oh my gosh, there'd be sled hills for the grandkids. This is so crazy. I was like, I know, I've been thinking about that. Our sons-in-laws, you know, they were like, they're outdoorsy guys and they were just so thrilled. And they were really, you know, interested in looking at the edges, you know, of the Totopotomy and the stream that 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 ran, ran down from a spring on the other side and you know there was just so many portals that opened up and so anyway that was Sunday evening and we parted or Sunday late afternoon I guess we had been there for a couple of hours then you know everybody went home which is the great thing about living around each other that everybody can come and go freely so when we got home um you know, we talked about it and I said, I don't think it's a good idea to have a riding school on our property because that is too much exposure. I don't want traffic down the driveway. Um, I just don't want that. And I don't want 
riding lessons because there's too much risk. And I am the delta of a physician that was the chief of the emergency room. And so I kind of think along those lines. I am the wife of a of a man that um, is very tuned into risk. Um, and I said, I just think there's too much exposure. So I really don't want that. And I also do not want um, them to board their horses here because there's too many of them. There's the dad, the, the daughter, the child, the other daughters, their children, you know, I just, there's too much coming and going. So I really do not want that. Do I want somebody to manage the stables? Yes. Take care of the horses? Yes. But I want that to be independent of, you know, of somebody that I think is, you know, expanded like a big, a big, you know, big number of people. So he said, okay. So We agreed on that Sunday night, you know, no harm, no foul, but we have to really think about what we're looking at going forward and obviously our exposure. And so the Godfather, we agreed on, you know, the offer and the offer was accepted. So that was like a crazy slam dunk, you know, because we got home on Friday night, saw a property online on Saturday, walked through it twice on Sunday, made an offer on Monday, and it was accepted. Then we thought about that back nine, that back nine, and that was owned by somebody else. So, you know, we talked to our broker, um, our friend Mike, and we said, you know, we gotta, we gotta lock that down. And so we did, and that was a different transaction. And so here we are on Tuesday and it's so wild, you know, because we have a whole different property now, a total of 43 acres close in with water and and horses and it is a combined dream and i know that i can i know that i can design something that i think will you know that i think will do justice to that property and our friend broker mike was saying to the owner you know they really know what they're doing they have built you know such and such in richmond they have built you know, such and renovated other projects in Hanover and Richmond. And they have really made a name for themselves down the Outer Banks. And it was nice to hear him say that, but it was also true. Um, I just, I, you know, seeing, I, I just, I cannot believe it. You know, here we are on Tuesday and this time last week we were on that damn boat that the Godfather chartered and we were talking about our hopes and dreams in that secluded lagoon wild. And I love it, you know, because I think that that's how life is. You never really know, um, 
I'm just um, actually blown away. So what we're going to do is we're going to sell that first property that we had and we're going to offer it to the people that we have had renting that property until we've wanted to then build on it because we know that they like it. And so hopefully they will be in a position to buy it. That would make us happy. But if they cannot buy it, you know, we'll sell it to somebody else that is interested in it because it is a fabulous opportunity. And then we will get going on this new project, which still is in Hanover County, still is close to our daughters, still is on the same road, but on the other side. And I don't know, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy to think about, you know. So um, lots to look forward to, lots to celebrate. And I think, you know, about that cardinal on the morning of the 24th, when I had that feeling that I couldn't go home, I had no opportunity to wish my own mother happy birthday on her 87th birthday. I am not going to pretend that I don't know that there was a celebration. I'm not going to pretend that I don't know that, you know, that that access is not real. And, you know, uh, I, I'm just not going to pretend that I, that that didn't happen because that was inside me. And so when I, you know, pursued my normal activity of doing the treadmill, even though I did not verbalize it, I see the cardinal and the cardinal made sure that it saw me. And, uh, then the rest happened. Um, I can only encourage everyone to continue to live happily ever after best they can. And, um, you know, I don't know what to say to people that are exiled from their own family, blocked from their own mother and have siblings or former siblings that sort of salivate over the fact that they are gatekeepers. I think that is so strange. And I have accepted the fact that I have no peers. There's nobody that I know or want to know that have experienced the same thing. Um, so I have had to find my way. And as I have gone along, I have been very aware of the things that have lined you know, my path. And, um, you know, I don't know what else to say about that, except for, you know, TTYL. Uh, I hope everybody continues to live the very best life that they are able to live. Bye now.